The Lord be with you. And also with you. Alleluia. Christ is risen. To this service of Easter-ordered worship, we welcome our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, a radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered to you even as we invite your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your decisions, self-selections of forms of ministry in our midst, And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence here with us in worship. This Easter day is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
pray. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from Paul's epistle to the Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
responsibly verses from Psalm 118 with the antiphon. He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my power. The Lord has become my salvation. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. I shall not die, but I shall live, and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me sorely, but has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Glory to you, O Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple 
the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the garden, the resurrection is utterly personal. So Mary tells us of resurrection in emotional and relational and vocal terms and calls out our devotion, our decision, and our discussion in the garden, resurrection is utterly personal.
personal. What a lush image in the word garden, immediately. Well, maybe to begin, we're placed here on our own fair city. Is there a lovelier common space anywhere from Prague to New York to San Francisco than our own public garden? Have we taken it, its shimmering elegance, for granted? We certainly hope our Celtics will triumph in one garden or another. (laughs) Garden of Eden, creation, birth. Garden of Gethsemane, crucifixion, death. We are caught here. My dentist is a raconteur of the first water. I wish you the same blessing. You know, a preacher is hardly silent except in the dentist's chair with all that instrumentation and activity. One like I who makes his living by the sweat of his jaw there has to listen. And the dentist told me the other day of a man who visited a troubled spot in the world and asked a native, tell me in a word, how are things? And the reply, "Eh, good. Thinking he should probe further, the visitor asked, well, maybe tell me in in two words, how are things? And the reply, "Uh, not good. (laughs) Good, not good. Eden, Gethsemane, the garden in the garden, straightway we come to Mary before her, the beloved and Peter racing to the tomb after her, the gathered cowering disciples in the set-aside room, and Thomas, we call him Doubting, we might rename him Touching Thomas, all these together. Mary, whose sentence is other than Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, perhaps the most sorrowful in all of scripture, maybe in life. They have taken my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Beloved, mark it. The resurrection follows but does not replace the cross. The cross burrows ever more deeply than we ever could on our own into our grief and our loss and our need. It is an utterly personal gospel walking toward us in the figure of Mary, asking for a change of heart, a change of devotion. Easter comes around once a year to make sure that we are making sure to let the main thing be the main thing to check on our devotion. We grew up under the leaky roofs of various Methodist parsonages in the adventure of itinerant ministry in that fine church where bishops appoint and disappoint. That's a little inside humor. (laughs) One year in college, I came home to see belongings in a new room, old belongings in a new space, so I checked them. And there was the camping gear and the photos and the letters from high school and the baseball cards with Roberto Clemente and Willie Mays where they should have been. But later that day, my mother said, 
You know, Bob, your little brother is getting to know a new neighborhood, and he asked if he could use some of your baseball cards, and I said, why, sure, your brother wouldn't mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I said with caution, do you happen to remember which of those he traded? And she said, oh, I, I, you know, I don't know baseball, uh, but one was Roy Rogers. No, that can't be, no. I, I said, you mean you don't mean, you mean Roger Maris. Why, yes, Bob. What a good memory you have. College has been good for you. <laughs> I asked, well, were there any others? She said, no. Well, there was one. Uh, um, it reminded me of Walt Disney, uh, but I know he doesn't play baseball, but uh, it was, uh, you know, the, the, the mouse. Uh, I said, you don't mean, you do mean Mickey, Mickey Mantle? Why, yes, Bob, what a good memory you have. College has been wonderful for you. You know, uh, Mickey Mantle had a far more desperate life than you would think, looking at his cherubic and bucolic photograph upon that card that I once did own. <laughs> he had a life that was a life of chasing. Yes, he chased Roger Maris all the way to the edge of a home run record. But he chased, in some ways not so healthy, and all of that pressure had those habitual, perhaps predictable consequences. When I am in our neighborhood garden, Fenway Park, enjoying the game, I think about the distance there between garden and glory. At the end of his life, my friend George Mitrovich reminds me, Mantle was visited by two Texan friends in his illness. And they won his trust. You know, it takes a while to build trust so we can pray with each other. And they prayed with him, and they prayed for him. And he wrote, I keep it before you exactly. It is so gospel. He wrote, there with them, I learned that I did not need to perform in order to be loved. Prevenient grace. Grace prevenient surrounding us and evoking our Easter devotion in a, an emotional, personal way. Faith is a gift. It can be received in a very quotidian, ordinary fashion, perhaps in a crowded Easter service with communion coming in the sermon rounding second base, a nod of the head, an internal decision to live a certain way, to let the main things be the main things. For this gospel is about a decision as well as devotion. It is a calling, an evocation to choice. The whole of the fourth gospel is a dualism of decision. Many other lesser dualisms are left behind at least in the first order, that of time and space, of life and death, of uh, good and evil, of law and gospel even, important as they are, are second in John to the question of choice. These things are written, we might say here, these things are spoken, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. 
Now, this is a happy day, so I want to nudge you a little bit, my beloved academic community. We, you know, we have our own pitfalls as academics. Sometimes we think that if we write it down, we don't need to live it through. I'm nudging you here. Nothing could be farther from the truth. The same percentage of academics as in the general population weakens, ages, stumbles. It's arithmetically indistinguishable. We are very much alike. Call to a time to decide about how to place our value and ourselves. The Gospel of John, in a way, I don't mean this unkindly, does not fully need the post-resurrection stories we've heard, or even the resurrection itself, or even the crucifixion. You heard on Friday the muted single word, tetelestai, it is finished, of the fourth gospel. Oh, they're there, because John is writing a gospel, not an epistle, not a sermon, not a psalm. He's writing radiant presence, God with us. It's all done in the first inning, in the first chapter in John 1.14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Asking for a decision. Some of us this spring heard Howard Thurman and saw him reciting the 139th Psalm all about presence, resurrection, decision. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou art, thou knowest my sitting down and my rising up. Thou discernest my thoughts from afar. Thou searchest out my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou dost beset me beside and before and layest thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me, thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, let the darkness cover me and the light about me be as night, even the darkness is not dark to thee. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with thee. In the garden, it's very personal. Some years ago, in an evening across a campground retreat center, I walked with an older friend along a fence by a garden, and he said, now you are our pastor, I want you to know who I am. Well, I had seen him, the finest of Christian gentlemen. One of the joys of ministry is working with people who always will be far better than you are in every direction. Steady in relationship, regular in giving, steady in worship, a fine example of salt and light. 
He said, when I was 19, I was in Europe crossing by a fence not unlike this one, and there was a hell of fire falling on me, unfriendly fire, unlike anything I had seen in 19 years on a farm in Nebraska. At the end of the fence, I knew I had to cross a field, and before I did, I knelt down and I said, if I survive this, my life is yours. And I survived, and we make our choices in the light, he concluded, of that one great first decision. The gospel is calling in a relational way for a decision in faith, with faith, for faith. That is justifying grace. Ah, Mary. Mary weeping, ah Mary, Mary seeking, ah Mary, Mary speaking. As we come to the sacrament of the Lord's Supper and listen in the sacrament of the preaching of the gospel, we are given an opportunity for an ongoing discussion. What is life but conversation? What is friendship or marriage but conversation? So it was that our governor, in remembering our dear friend Peter Gomes, said just a few days ago of him, I take this to be a sign of sanctifying grace. He is the freest man I ever knew. So 43 Aprils ago on the tarmac in Indianapolis, Robert Kennedy, who had a different kind of devotion and of decision and discussion rolling, could continue the dialogue with a rightly angry population and country, and could speak by lifting his chin and remembering Aeschylus, and could speak by lifting his gaze and remembering without wincing his brother, and could speak and call others to higher ground, as he liked to say otherwise some see things as they are and ask why, but I dream of things that never were, and I ask, why not? Some of you know that my father died this year. We nearly lost him in 2008, but by grace, miracle, another word for miracle is event, marvelous event. He lived two years in which we could Enjoy him learning to speak again, learning to walk again, and learning, hearing his memory of the coma, not unlike others have had. Oh, I don't bring this as evidence of heaven or resurrection. He least of all would have wanted it so or meant it so. Resurrection or heaven neither needs or admits of friend of the court briefs from us. But he said in those hours, I saw a light through a lattice and voices all around me and voices all around me. In the garden, the resurrection is utterly personal, calling forth your devotion, your decision, your discussion. Seeing is believing? No, believing is seeing. The point is prevenient grace. I learned that I did not need to perform to be loved. The point is justifying grace. If I survive, my life is yours. 
The point of sanctifying grace, he was the freest man I ever knew. So we shall celebrate together, receiving the Eucharist out of the ages of the church's life and confessing our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to the dead. The third day he rose again, ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. For in the garden, resurrection is utterly personal. Amen.
please be seated. Good morning and happy Easter. I'd like to welcome all of you here today. My name is Elizabeth Fonby Hall. I'm the director of Marsh Chapel. Whether you're here with us in the nave or listening on the radio or perhaps listening at a later date on the podcast, welcome. We are so happy to have each and every one of you here with us today. The first thing I'd like to direct your attention to are the red pads that can be found towards the center aisle at the end of each pew. If you just take a moment to fill those out for us, that way we at Marsh can get to know you better and also you can get to know the names of those folks who are seated next to you. We'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to fill those out. For more information on the programming for the rest of the spring semester, um, you can go to the Marsh Chapel website, which is www.bu.edu chapel. If you click on the winter slash spring term book, you'll see information about things like the Inner Strength Gospel Choir concert, which is next Friday, and also this I Believe Sunday on May 15th. Also on the chapel website is the opportunity for online giving. Now directions for, com uh, for communion. For all of those who are seated, seated on the main level, if you would come forward and use the four communion stations, on this side, the pulpit sign, there will be wine, and on the lectern side, there will be grape juice. So please utilize those if you're seated down here. For those of you in the balcony, if you would come down at the direction of the ushers, please um, exit on this side, go down the stairs, and receive communion from Dean Hill in the narthex. And then please go back up the stairs on the pulpit side. Now when exiting the chapel, if you would just make sure you utilize all of the doors, do all of your greeting outside. If you've uh, dedicated an Easter lily, if you would just please pick those up on, along the side doors, that would be wonderful. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Thy gracious power so wonderfully sheltered, confidently waiting, come what may, we know that thou art with us night and morning and never fails to greet us each new day. Bless these gifts and the givers we ask in Christ. Amen. Beloved, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of the risen Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of the risen Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. And we share signs of, of his peace. be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity made covenant to be our sovereign God. You brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey and set before us the way of life. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
And when the supper was ended, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a living and holy sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast. Alleluia.
May we offer together our prayer of thanksgiving. Most bountiful God, we give you thanks for the world you have created, for the gift of life, and for giving yourself to us in Jesus Christ, whose holy life, suffering, and death, and glorious resurrection have delivered us from slavery to sin and death. We thank you that in the power of your Holy Spirit, you have fed us in this sacrament, united us with Christ, and given us a foretaste of your heavenly banquet. We are your children and yours in glory, now and forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ our Lord, in whose name we worship and pray. Amen. <laughs> 